all started on Thanksgiving Day. My family and I were sharing dinner with my brother and his family in their new home. While eating, the topic of uh, deer hunting came up, and I, I'm a deer fanatic, and everyone in the family knows this. My brother Jeffrey, he said, I have a, a place behind the house that I want to look at and see if it's worth hunting. At that time, little did I know this would become our all-time best place that we've ever hunted. Uh, for all practical purposes, Jeffrey had never hunted deer and he was unsure of how to go about the setup. So after we ate, I went to his place. He took me to where two fields were located. One field was a small rectangle. It was about nine acres. And it was separated by a thick fence line. About, it was about 15 feet wide. and Then it opened up into another field that was about 40 acres. There was a gap for the tractor to drive through near the end of this fence line. Both fields have an oak hammock on the south end. The north end of these two fields has a railroad track that is cut deep into the soil. So deep that uh, when you walk the railroad track, you can't see the fields. And that when a train passes by, all you can see is the top of the boxcars and the smoke from the engines. This land was owned by his father-in-law, who was a third-generation tobacco farmer. Every other year, these fields would be planted in long rows of tobacco. This was an off year for the planting, and the fields were sown in rye. Green was the color, every square inch of the fields. And across the larger field, while looking uphill toward the west, there's a second field that could be seen. It's about 25 acres in size, and it was always a hay field. But on this day, it was brown and was scattered with round, round bales of hay. Probably around 50 or so. So we parked in the gap between the two fields and got out for a closer inspection. And deer tracks were everywhere in the fields. There were more deer tracks there than I'd ever seen before anywhere. I'll never forget the words that Jeffrey spoke just minutes after admiring the area. Where would you hunt if you could hunt here? I'd already made my mind up that the stand in the fence line near the gap would be the spot. The only problem was there was no trees large enough to place a stand. So I told him, let's make a ground blind right here in this fence line. In about an hour, we had nailed up a couple of two-by-fours in the shape of a V near that gap. We stapled an old burlap tobacco sheet to them and then cleaned out the area between the boards and cut a V right down the cut we, we cut a trail right down the fence line that went all the way to the railroad 
So even if you were looking into the fence line from the fields, you could not see anything from there. All this was done except somewhere to sit. He had a plastic five gallon bucket in the back of his truck. So I grabbed it and turned it upside down, placing it inside the blind. I don't recall which one of us named it, but the term five gallon bucket stand was always used to describe this location. We decided to hunt there together for the first time. So we parked in the hayfield and walked down the railroad track. We entered the fence line trail to the stand. On our first afternoon, it was successful. A six point buck stepped out in the larger of the two fields. It turned and walked straight towards us. I made the shot into the center of the deer's chest and he came running towards us as fast as the train that had only passed a few minutes earlier. Startled and puzzled as to why the deer had not fell in its tracks, I was attempting to reload when I was pushed out of the way of a deer's last death run. The buck ran right through the fence line right under the end of the burlap, out into the small field. And then it went down. It was over. My heart was racing as fast as the deer that had been running. I fell to my knees beside the deer trying to catch my breath. We continued to hunt there that first year and both of us were successful. The following season, I reconstructed an old chicken coop, which had belonged to our dad, and turned it into a shooting house. And we placed this old chicken coop right in the spot where the burlap tobacco sheets were. We put the five gallon bucket inside to sit on. I had another one inside my truck and added it to the collection. He had bought an old space heater at a garage sale and we put that inside and using an LP gas cylinder for a source of heat. He's always been cold natured. Throughout the years, we carved a notch into the front window sill for every buck that was killed from this stand. And fortunately, we did not keep track of the does that were killed there. Looking back, it totaled 19 notches more deer and turkey and coons, ducks and other wildlife were seen from this chicken coop than could be imagined. Seldom has anything upset my world as severely as the news of the pending sale of this property. This season would be my last at this location. I wanted to purchase the property but could never afford such lofty goals. The new owner was a hunter he had intended to hunt it for himself. Unlike all my many hunts before, which sometimes included my sons, my last hunt there, I was alone. This hunt was not about killing another trophy like the three I have over my fireplace. It was rather a time of reflection on the many wonderful memories that I had shared there. I learned who my children were inside of that old chicken coop. Hours of conversation with them secured my place in their hearts. 
I would come to here to sort out all the worries of the day. I have prayed here about everything under the sun. Thought about what direction I needed to take to become a better person. I've managed my finances. I've read books. I mourn the death of my father. And the list goes on and on. Many wonderful memories flooded my mind during that last hunt. Memories like my son sleeping on the floor while waiting for crunch time to see all the deer enter the field. The two bucks that I named Bo and Luke, who were always seen together and the way they raced from one end of the field to the pea patch near the stand. The sight of the red bird, whose weight was too great. For the stem of oats that he were trying to perch. A frost so thick that the fields looked like an ice skating rink. I remember hearing people talk, but not knowing where they were, until I noticed the shadow of a hot air balloon as they floated from the neighboring county. A whippoorwill welcoming the night sky and the sun setting over the hayfield toward the west. Oh, the sunsets. As the last minute, the daylight faded. I could not see a deer. even if it were sitting on the bucket beside me. Tears had filled my eyes and the gun remained in the corner propped up between two nails. The sun was setting across the hayfield, red, yellow, gray, and finally a midnight blue. It was over. I gathered my gun to leave. And I noticed the first five-gallon bucket sitting there in the corner of the old chicken coop. It was now nearly 13 years old. The sound of a train coming through the dark pierced the silence. I often, I often waited until the trains came by and used them as cover noise to enter and exit. Now this time, it was time to leave. I was halfway down the fence line when the night silence again sound surrounded me. All that could be heard was a whippoorwill welcoming the night sky. There was one other sound on this night, however. It was the sound of the five-gallon bucket as it bounced against my leg with every step I took on my last trip out.